Welcome to episode 17 of the Zone Talk podcast. We are back after a two-week hiatus. Uh, the squad is here. Donovan is here. Devon is here. Rashad is here. Jamel is here. That's me. <laughs> I appreciate you guys for listening in. Uh, we're excited to be back with you guys talking about some football. Been a lot of movement in the offseason since we last got, were on the pod, but you know we'll get into all that as offseason goes on, man. We got a lot of weeks left till the season comes back. How are you guys feeling? Feeling good, man. Happy to be back on the pod. Ready to get back to it, man. We got uh, we got some visitors. We got some visitors today. We got a new visitor, like brand brand new visitor. Absolutely. In the middle of this two week hiatus, uh, you know, minus all the COVID scares and all of that that was going on. Everybody's fine. No worries. Got my first vaccine shot today. I'm fine. No twitching yet. Uh, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bro, I'm actually low key kind of scared. I'm getting mine tomorrow. <laughs> He'll be all right, man. No <laughs> I'm worries. I'm getting the second one tomorrow. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. A, yeah. That's, that's the thing. I'm that's here. The I'm, one. I'm, I'm here for you. No worries. Um, I'm here to watch you, at least. <laughs> but um, we do have some new guests here. Uh, Bosco, uh, Rashad's dog, is here. Um, but Rashad's had him for a while. But I got myself a new pup in the last two weeks. Her name is Lola. And uh, she's the best. She's a very nice girl. She's very patient. Uh, <laughs> she's sitting right next to us. And she is not moving while Bosco's up and running, ready to... Oh, 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 there goes oh, Lola. There goes Lola. I spoke too soon. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's hopefully let's get through the episode without these guys causing too much of a ruckus. Uh, but like we said, man, we're glad to be back. Um, a whole lot's happened. And this week for you guys, uh, we put together a quick mock of the first round of the 2021 NFL draft. Um, definitely took a lot of debating, uh, a lot of different opinions. On some of these players, uh, but we'll get into that as we get through the picks. Uh, but let's get started. So number one, I think the consensus is Trevor Lawrence. I don't think there's any question yeah, it's, there. It's tough to argue. I mean, they'd shown interest in him. The the fit between him going to a team coached by Urban Meyer, it just seems right. Like, I, I, I would be shocked if anything other than that happened. Yeah, Urban Meyer is going there to be like, well, I'm going to pick Trevor Lawrence. So. Right. Um, that's pretty much consensus. Generational talent at the QB position. Apparently, he's the best QB that PFF has ever graded. Um, that system's been in place for a little over 10 years, I believe. So if that means something to you, then it does. Uh, but if not, you know, Trevor Lawrence uh, seems to be going straight to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'd put money on that. Uh, next, at number two, uh, the New York Jets are going to grab Zach Wilson out of BYU. Uh, pretty much consensus from us uh, for the most part, right? Yeah, he's he's risen uh, recently as the consensus number two overall. Um, but I hope hope it ends up working out for them. Got rid of Sam Donald, Darnold, so he's the next QB in line in New York. He's got his work cut out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Robert Saul's got his work cut out too. Uh, coming in there as the new head coach, uh, there are going to be probably not high expectations this year, but you want to see improvement, like noticeable differences from whether it be culture whether it be you know on the records you you want to see yeah, an, improvement somewhere a new era. coach and a new quarterback for the Jets is like that's already a good step in the right direction so just to have them go out there and you know win some games will be good um, I definitely want to see Zach Wilson I want to see him be good even though I'm a Pats fan like I think he's talented but um, I definitely think the, the Jets got something with him yeah, I think so as well. <laughs> He's talking like they made the pick already. <laughs> no, I think they will. You know what they did? They did. I I can almost guarantee this mock draft. Yeah, this one, this the first two picks, I'm very confident in. <laughs> yeah, these first two. The rest picks. of them, you know, they're much more <laughs> speculative. But absolutely. Uh, but at the number three pick, we have the San Francisco 49ers. Now we know they traded up. Um, Kyle Shanahan is all in on one of these quarterbacks. Uh, but we had a debate. We couldn't tell who, which one they were going to take. Now, ultimately, we ended up going with Trey Lance. 
Uh, in the news lately, Trey Lance, <clears throat> uh, well, the Niners, uh, their front office, the coaches have been keying in on Trey Lance, going to his pro days, checking his tape out. And um, it seems like they've been putting out uh, info there that they're pretty interested in him. And it looks like that would be a good fit. I mean, we know what Kyle Shanahan can do with quarterbacks. Uh, how do you guys feel about uh, Trey Lance at three? Yeah, I think this is really where the draft officially starts, quote unquote, just because we know who the top tie, the top two guys are gonna be. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure for San Fran trading up to number three, um, so I would assume it's a quarterback. Um, the pressure is where it's who they pick because again, you traded up uh, with the Dolphins um, to get a to get a guy um, and. We don't know who it's going to be. Um, at first, it was Mac Jones and the media and Shanahan visiting him at Pro Days. But now Shanahan appears to like Trey Lance. Um, so we're going to have to see. Maybe J- Justin Fields. Who knows? I personally don't see Justin Fields going to the Niners. And, like, this pick right here, like, Trey Lance going third, that would be somewhat of a surprise to me. I just feel like my gut's telling me that the Niners are going to try to take Mac Jones. Even though that I don't believe that he's worthy of that pick, I think Trey Lance is better. But I I believe the Niners are gonna pick Mac Jones. I would love pick. I would love for Mac Jones to go on to be the best quarterback of this draft. That would be a <laughs> just story. because just because no one's not no one I don't think no one is necessarily saying that he's a terrible quarterback. But not at I all. Like, I mean, he's risen up yeah, draft yeah, boards. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not. I'm not saying that. But. I think this his shortcoming. It's kind of it's messed up that he has to deal with it because yeah. his only shortcoming is that he's surrounded by talent. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, yeah, like that's his knock. But it really does make a difference. And when you get to the next level, I mean, you're gonna have guys, but there's gonna be they're gonna be playing against guys that are just as good as them. So you're not yeah, really we'll, gonna have we'll get, that. We'll get to Mac Jones later. Who do you uh, even no. compare him to? Mac Jones. I I see him as like, like a game manager type. No, but who do you compare that's him? That's a that's a 2020 oh. version of AJ McCarron that's coming out. Wow, oh, my man said AJ McCarron. That's that's what you're about a, to a I mean, Greg that's, McElroy. That's what you're gonna get. Like that is like see, that's I, I don't know if we get the Greg McElroy. I think that's a little disrespectful. We still one thing I was thinking about, bro. As far as Bama QBs, like. That's, what I mean, have we seen from Bama QBs to make us believe that Mac Jones is the one? Up until recently, it was who? Like up until up until Jalen Hurts he transferred out. Jalen Hurts in on two zero. We're still waiting and to see Tua. what we can see from them because after like, that, I, who are we talking about? I mean, if that's the case, <laughs> after that it's like Greg McElroy. If that's bro. the case, we looking at Justin Fields. We shouldn't take Justin Fields so high then, because he came State from Ohio bro. State. Ohio State I quarterbacks mean, nah. don't ever do anything. That you could make that argument. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, we, but get, we get to Mac Jones as far later. as Bama QBs. I feel like. You know more what you're getting because Bama's such a factory in what they do. Yeah, like nah. the QB is just a piece of like what they do there. Like, yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting pick. Uh, it could be a toss up. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to do well with any quarterback in this draft. I think if there's if there's any coach that's going to maximize the talent and the ability of his quarterback, it's it's Kyle Shanahan. I mean, the guy worked with Matt Schaub. You made Matt Schaub mm-hmm. look like a decent quarterback for. Uh, you know, a couple years. Uh, so, you know, with that being said, um, <laughs> they can pick anyone they want. And uh, I think they're going to try and get the best se- season out of them. And Mac Jones could be a fit. I mean, he worked with Matt Ryan. You know, maybe he fits that type of mold in terms of the quarterback he's looking for as opposed to, you know, a more, you know, mobile guy or, or dual threat quarterback that can do a little bit of both. I mean, I don't see why he would. But, I mean, hey, there's an argument to be made for it, clearly. Uh, but we got the Niners taking Trey Lance at three. At number four, uh, we have the Falcons getting their QB of the future in Justin Fields. Uh, this was a debated one, too. But with Fields still on the board, I don't see how the Falcons pass up getting their QB of the future, um, being able to secure that. And who knows when they'll have another draft pick this high and be able to get in a quarterback draft that's this rich uh, this soon. So I think it would be a good fit for them. But how do you guys feel? At this point, at this point, you're looking at you know how are we going to move on from Matt Ryan? Um, he's done great things for your organization up to this point, but at this point, you know you you've got to start thinking about the future as you were talking about. So, putting a putting a dual threat caliber quarterback who is a winner in most regards, um, he comes with a with a fresh set of legs, a new energy. 
I mean, that's the type of guy that you need to bring into that to that offense if you really want to start making a push at least down down the line. I like that that fit for them. That would be a step in the right direction, but I don't foresee him ending up in Atlanta. That like my gut's just telling me that he's not going to go there. But that would be the right pick if he's available at four for the Falcons. They got to grab him. At the very least, you sit behind Matt Ryan for as long as he's there and figure it out. Yeah, and I'd probably only be a year, especially. And then they're going to get him opportunities. If they take him at four, he's going to get sprinkled in. Like, they're going to see what he can do in that first year at some point. Like, whether or not Matt Ryan's there. So, they need to get their QB of the future. And he can definitely be that guy. They got the weapons. So, definitely. And, um,. And I think that's definitely a great fit pick for uh, long-term for Atlanta. Uh, Justin Fields learns behind Matt Ryan. Um, you get an excellent opportunity uh, at a QB that seems to have a pretty high floor at the very least, given his dual threat ability. You see what he can do with the combine with his rushing ability. And, um, you know, another guy uh, that I think they're – I want them to get at this pick. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier off the pod was Kyle Pitts. Um, Kyle Pitts here. I don't know where he's going to go. He could go anywhere. He could go as high as four. He could go as low as wherever. Uh, but he would be great with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley at that offense. Um, I know they got Hayden Hurst too, but uh, can't hurt adding a guy like Kyle Pitts into that offense. So I'm sure he might be on my radar. That's a fact. At the end of the day, he's the top. He's the top player at his position. Arguably, top five receiver. Like yeah, if right. you were gonna really just throw him into like that big, that big mm-hmm. group, and so I mean, as as we'll see, like he doesn't go too too much further down this draft board. Yep, absolutely. And uh, next with the fifth pick in the NFL draft this year, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, now this should be an easy pick for them. The Bengals should pick Jamar Chase. Oh man! No, I'm kidding. Oh god! They, I mean, it would be appealing, but the correct choice right. would be Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell, it look. Yeah, if uh, the Bengals front office gives a damn about Joe Burrow and his health and his well-being and their jobs, for that matter. Right. They will get somebody to block for Joe Burrow next year. He's gonna be able to sling the rock regardless. He tosses the T Higgins last year. AJ, he was helping AJ Green look like. <laughs> something <laughs> and um they you know tyler boyd he had a him. connection with him too so you know yes you can grab a receiver here jamar chase super appealing but you can also grab a receiver a little bit later and um you know hopefully still capitalize on getting a generational talent like penny sewell at tackle yeah at uh, a much needed position at a like much that. needed position that you've been awful at and clearly you saw the repercussions of you not addressing that, you know, prior to. Yeah, and like I part. said off the air, like drafting Jamar Chase, that would be dope for like three games, like because then <laughs> they'll put up the crazy numbers, and then after a while, it's like, all right, you can't protect Joe Burrow. This is only sustainable for so long. So I think the long term pick, the right pick for them at five, has got to be the the security in the O line. If you care about this fan base. <laughs> at all (laughs) like you've done you've done the groundwork the groundwork's already done you got your qb for the next six years plus just keep him safe like at the like he's already shown you that he's really like that yeah because he was throwing the shit out the ball yeah as a rookie that was unheard of like he's shown you that he is more than ready to like take hold of the nfl offense and go so at this point if you can't keep him upright you don't really want to win games. You don't really want to like be competitive because like if he was still there come the end of the season, who knows what their record could have been? Absolutely. Yeah, somebody's getting fired if Sewell isn't picked up. <laughs> Somebody, yeah, yeah, and and I mean, look, no lie, you can't go wrong with the Bengals. Like if they pick Jamar Chase, I get it because you you should at some point address that position though. They can address it later in the draft, or they can address it now long term. Now, if they get caught up in the hype, because I know how things are nowadays, you see the highlights. This is you. You want to get the flashy guys with the top picks. <laughs> the guy like Jamar Chase is a guy that you see. Uh, uh, you know the, the the stardom that he has on the field, his ability to uh, just be dominant at the college level, and you see how that's going to translate to the league. 
Uh, but ultimately, uh, you're going to have to go with the guy that's just, you know, the blue chip guy, nitty gritty, O-lineman, in the trenches guy that's going to be there for a long time. I mean, so I agree with you 100%. But for what it's worth, if we're talking about a flashy guy, but we're not talking about a flashy skill position, this is about as flashy as it gets yeah, <laughs> for, for an offensive lineman. This is, this is the cream of the crop. Literally. Definitely. Definitely. So uh, they better have this one locked and loaded. Penny Sewell uh, with the fifth pick in the draft. Next up, speaking of Jamar Chase, we have Miami Dolphins taking him, pairing him with Tua, and, uh, you know, continuing to build on uh, a team with yep. some solid talent. You know, already around. They got another pick later in the draft, but the first one, they take Jamar Chase, uh, that blossoming receiving core, and. I think they got the one of the smartest front offices uh, in the NFL right now, or they're making the best moves. Yeah, this is just a start for Miami in terms of having all of those those draft picks and hitting on something. I think Jamar Chase will be a hit uh, for these draft picks that they have. Um, number three, um, they're not at number three anymore. They traded with San Fran, but there's even more or less pressure picking at number six, and you're still getting a guy with a extremely – a lot of talent, um, and again, it just makes the most sense. Uh, giving to a another weapon, um, going along with Will Fuller, um, Devontae, Devontae, um, bunch of other guys in that offense. Uh, but can't go wrong with Jamar Chase, number six. Well, speaking of Devontae, you could say that Devontae Smith could be a nice pick here, but Jamar Chase is a safe pick, so. I can see him going before Devontae Smith, but that the Alabama connection, I feel like that's worth a little something something. Can you expand on that? What do you mean by like a safe pick? Uh, just as far as Devontae Smith being undersized, he's 170 pounds. He looks slender on film. Like that's what well, that's what they're saying in the media. And like, We're and not you hate that. to say that as like the only knock on a guy, but like in the NFL, like you kind of have to think about it. And Jamar Chase is definitely more filled out, and so and he's just as talented, I would say. So yeah. it's almost just like safer. But yeah. you know, both of them have extremely high ceilings, and Devontae Smith's ceiling could end up being higher because he has to find ways to get open and beat NFL defenses at his small size. So either way, they can't go wrong with either of those receivers. But I think Jamar Chase is going to go before Devontae Smith. Yeah, I agree. I think that connection is important to point out. Uh, I don't think they could go wrong with either one. I can understand why some teams are a little bit more worried about Devonta Smith's size. But, I mean, that man got heart. And, uh, at the he very, got heart. Yeah, a whole lot of heart and, um, at the very least. So, I don't think they can go wrong there. And that's just a start. They're building something special in Miami. Uh, but next, we have the number seven pick, uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, we have them taking Jalen Waddell from Alabama, uh, replacing that Kenny Galladay role. Nice, speedy guy on the outside. Could be a deep threat. Um, he's pretty versatile, and he's, he'd be a piece of that rebuild going forward. Uh, expectations are not high for the Lions next year. So Yeah. Um, I, I was saying off the off the pod not too long ago that whichever of these receivers, these top guys, if any of them were to land in Detroit, uh, they would probably lead uh, the st receiving stats as far as rookies, for probably top three in all receiving stats for rookies just because you look at that that Detroit offense and the, the receiving core, there's nothing there right now. Um, tight end, you have TJ Hawkinson, but you, you need a receiver. You need a number one receiver. And if you and if any of these guys, such as Jalen Waddle, ends up in the Detroit Lions, I think he'll put up respectable numbers for a rookie. I agree. I agree. And, um, you know, him being on that team, that's definitely going to be – Someone they, uh, you know, a position of need for them, but they have multiple positions of yeah. need. So, you know, the Lions are another team. You know, they're in an awkward position. You know, maybe they want to trade back. Maybe they want to keep, you know, stick with the pick and get a guy on defense, bolster up that. But they have a lot of things they can do. We think they're going to go with Jalen Waddle. And uh, that's not that's not a slight to Devontae Smith at all, right? Like, if you really think about it, before Devontae Smith went crazy, Jalen Waddle had already amassed so many touchdowns and yep. yards and everything within like three games of this past 2020 season. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you get, you get a little bit of a bigger dude in Waddle. Um, obviously you don't get the, the, the true Heisman trophy winner. Um, but you do have a receiver of that caliber who's still coming in and going to perform. 
Absolutely. And um, uh, next with the eighth pick, uh, we have the Carolina Panthers uh, getting a generational talent. Our guy Kyle Pitts from Florida um, think this would be a uh, a blessing. Yeah, this is as it, as great as it gets for Carolina fans, um, and we think it's a real possibility it happens. And if it does, that will be great. That will be must watch football. Um, if Kyle Pitts ends up in Carolina uh, with the compliment of DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, a healthy Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold gets a fresh start, new scenery. Um, Kyle Pitts going to Florida will be a dream come true for Panthers fans. Going to Carolina. Yep. yep. Sam Darnold would be happy, I'll tell you that. You get a, a, a talent like that. I mean, he's coming off of being on one of the most depleted rosters in a three-year span of any player I've personally seen uh, in recent years on the NFL. I mean, there's no, there's very few people who have had less to work with than Sam Darnold as yeah. in New York. Yeah, so, the situation for him is already looking better. If you were to add Kyle Pitts, it's almost like, all right, Sam Darnold, let's see what you can really do now because we really – if They did their job as an organization right. if, that's, if that's who you're going to give them. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it'll be on Sam Darnold. I mean, if he Kyle Pitts goes there, and if Sam Darnold does or doesn't work out, Kyle Pitts is going to be a mainstay in that offense. And regardless, him and McCaffrey. I mean, you're building around those guys. You have DJ Moore on the outside still. You have Robbie Anderson. Like those are some talented guys on offense. So yeah, uh, it's a win-win for Carolina. They didn't give up that many draft or high-value draft picks for yeah. Sam Darnold. Either. Yeah, definitely a win-win for them. Uh, with the ninth pick in the draft, we have the Broncos taking Mac Jones out of Alabama. Now, uh, I like this pick. I think the Broncos are a good fit for Mac Jones based on what he did last year with the talent around him. You put similar talent around him, to, uh, getting him to Denver, being around Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Tim Patrick. They've invested a lot into that offense. And, you know, if you get a good quarterback in that system – and someone who buys into it understands that role, and you know, is doesn't make too many mistakes, yeah. uh, which is what we saw to Mac Jones. You know, when surrounded by good talent, good players, um, then some, someone's going to be able to thrive. It's a tough division for sure, but Mac Jones could be someone that would flourish in that offense. Yeah, I would. I would love to see Mac Jones in this in this offense. Um, again, you saying him being around talent at Bama, um, it would kind of be a nice transition. Um, but instead, he would just be in the pros. Um, but I think I think this makes sense, uh, and it would also make for good QB competition with Drew Locke. It would probably light a fire light a fire under his ass. So um, I think I think it would be good. I think it would be good for for Mac Jones to go to Bama again. The talent and the weapons are there on offense, um, and then the QB competition would be good for both quarterbacks. That's five quarterbacks taken in the top 10 in the top nine yeah we got five in the top nine yeah. Hell yeah you can definitely expect to see something like that in this year's draft for sure i feel like teams just get qb like qb happy like they're like all right i don't want to miss out on the next pat mahomes so now everybody's out here like all right what if that's the next pat mahomes what if that's the next tom brady what if that's the next and uh it's not gonna be that easy to find them so in two three years we're gonna look back at this <laughs> we gonna we're gonna see how all this panned out um, That's like got to be the best part of the draft, looking back at it years we, after. Yeah, we're going to probably have to. Because then it's like so yeah. 2020 clear. Like, it's like, oh, so right. they should not have picked him at this pick. We'll have to do a pod analyzing some of the, the last drafts. Uh, no, nah, we will. See how that happened. We because will. Yeah, absolutely. There's some bad picks that have been made, including by my Patriots multiple yeah. times and uh, several other teams. So we're all in this together. But 10th pick in the NFL 2021 draft, we have the Cowboys taking – Patrick Sertain the second out of Alabama, um, and they get a key uh, player at a position of need in the secondary that got torched all season last year. Um, he's one of the best man-to-man corners in football, uh, in college football. He didn't bite on a double move last year, and you know you're talking about somebody who is as elite as you can be at the college level for this position. Cornerback is hard to. You know, identify how that transition is going to be. Um, you saw it with a guy like Jeff Bakuda last year. I mean, the Lions didn't surround him with anything good either, but um, it's hard to make that transition nonetheless. But they shore up a good position, and um, they get a talented guy who's going to be a 
immediate starter, I would assume. They need it. They have their they have their work cut out for them in their divisional games, honestly. Like you you look at the football team, they have um Terry McLaurin, they just added Curtis Samuel. You swivel over to the to the Giants, they just added Kenny Galladay alongside Sterling Shepard alongside, you know, Kyle Root. Like there's guys out there now that have to be covered. Yeah. So if you're the Cowboys and you know, we were talking a little bit beforehand, talking about, oh, you know, they could potentially take a wide receiver here and and you know bolster up that 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 receiving core um all in the name of like potentially parting ways with Amari Cooper mm-hmm. down the road to free up cap space but ultimately like if they're going to compete in this division and I'm not saying that it's a very tough division to compete in but they're going to have to cover these these very talented receivers that these other teams are bringing to the table definitely yep can't go wrong with a Bama back Marlon Humphrey, Minka Fitzpatrick, just to name a few. Yes, yeah, uh, Eddie Jackson. If there's any gotta, team you can you can trust in terms of getting players from, for the most part, maybe not quarterback as much, but Bama when it comes to defense, um, grabbing guys from there, they usually turn out good. Uh, safe bet. And then with the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, we have the New York Giants taking Rayshon Slater. Um, they have to secure that O-line. Uh, he's the second best graded tackle in this draft. Uh, definitely a needed position at, uh, for them at a position of need. And, you know, he's a guy that's going to have uh, – he has a couple knocks against him because his arms are a little bit shorter uh, for being an NFL offensive tackle. But uh, ultimately, he's, he's definitely super talented, uh, big need for them, and uh, definitely a good addition. Yeah, um, the Giants weren't – weren't all that good in pass protection last year. They drafted Andrew Thomas in the first round um, last year. He didn't play too well. Um, so whether Rayshon Slater played on either the left or right, um, they still need protection nonetheless. Um, so I think having – whether they're playing opposite each other or I don't want to get too far of myself, but if Rayshon Slater has to replace Andrew Thomas, um, that would be necessary. And it makes the most sense because you need to protect Daniel Jones, who still has something to prove um, in his young career. I don't know how many – what year is this for Daniel Jones? Um, Probably three, I believe. Third year. Um, and we still have yet to see. We also got to mention Saquon, too. That's a good pick for his sake. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, too. I mean, you just they just need protection nonetheless. And I think this pick makes the most sense at tackle. Um, see, with, see how they can get their skilled players protected and display their talent. It's early, but um, yeah. What do what do we think about this? Is just an offshoot because we were just talking about Andrew Thomas. Like, what do we what do we think about Georgia and their and their linemen? This is now Andrew Thomas. What's his face? Isaiah Wilson. Yeah, two guys that just Isaiah aren't panning. Wynn. Isaiah Wynn. Yeah. Isaiah Wilson went there as well. Oh, there's a, there's an Isaiah Wilson and Isaiah Wynn. Yeah, there's an Isaiah Wilson. Yeah, Isaiah Wynn was on the, <laughs> the Pats, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, but Isaiah Wilson, like, he didn't pin out either. Like, what's going on over there? Yeah. Um, shoot, maybe it could be a Georgia thing. Hmm. Maybe the maybe NFL teams will stop drafting old linemen from Georgia. No. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> I, don't I, mean about, I don't know about all that. I mean, they're not going to stop, but, I mean, like, you take you take Isaiah Wilson pretty high. You take Andrew Thomas fourth yeah. last year. He didn't pan out. Like, Especially, I think, uh, the Georgia offense, they, they are a run-heavy – Offense yeah. too, I'm pretty sure, and so I think um, you might not have the most versatile guys coming out of there in terms of their ability to also pass protect and things like that um, at the NFL level. Uh, but it's very interesting. It's a good point to point, uh, point out. I'd love to see, you know, some of the uh, get a list together of some of those guys. No, like enough right. picks of like a guy being a bust from a school is like definitely enough for a GM to be like, yeah, we're not taking a tackle out of this school. <laughs> they got PTSD. Like, just like just how we mentioned, like with the the Bama like defensive backs or just defenders in general, like you feel better when you know the guy whoever's coaching up these guys at Bama when they get to the NFL, it's it's translating and these guys are playing at a high level. You could say you could maybe look at the the Georgia O line coach and say what is or if it's been the same guy for all those busted picks, you'd be like, Maybe it's something with him, but it's just interesting that like well, I think personally that enough bad picks for a position group from a school will have a GM be like, Yep, no. <laughs> 
And uh, so with the 12th pick uh, in the draft, we have the Philadelphia Eagles taking J.C. Horn out of Virginia Tech. Uh, J.C. Horn, Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertain have been touted as the best corners in this draft class. Uh, Patrick Sertain gone to Cowboys. Uh, so the Eagles shore up a cornerback position, or one of them, uh, with J.C. Horn. They were getting burned a lot last year. As we mentioned earlier, uh, in that division, they got to go against some, some tough guys, a receiver. Uh, so we definitely want to make sure that they're able to uh, compete and able to, you know, be able to keep those guys under wraps. Yeah. Um, J.C. Horn, who is from South, South Carolina, Carolina, by the way, actually. Um, he actually, if you, there are numbers um, of him lining up against essentially the best receivers in the SEC and playing man coverage. Uh, he's the real deal. Um, there's a need for cornerback in Philadelphia. So we like this pick. Um, Darius Slay is there right now. I know Donovan had mentioned off the pod that he was probably getting up there in age a little bit. But Philadelphia, um, defensive back, they haven't had a pretty a good history of guys in that secondary over the past few years. Um, so I think – you know, some of the top a top guy covering the top players in the SEC who are guys eventually that go on to play elite-level football in the NFL. Um, I think that makes sense. Uh, combined with the fact that Donovan had mentioned these other um, receivers in the NFC East. Yeah. And then at the 13th and uh, 14th pick. So we got the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Minnesota Vikings. Los Angeles Chargers at 13, Minnesota Vikings at 14. We have tackles going to both of them. Uh, I think it could be interchangeable here. Either one could go either one. But the Los Angeles Chargers we have taking Elijah Vera, Vera Tucker. And then we have the Minnesota Vikings taking Christian Derrissaw, who was one, one of the best pass protectors uh, in college football last year. Now, Elijah Vera Tucker is a more versatile. He played a little bit more guard, uh, played tackle as well. Um, but Christian Derrissaw is more of just your tackle. Chargers do need that versatility, so we do think they probably edge there, uh, but could go either way. Yeah, um, it's been very clear that the Chargers have been trying to muster up some protection for Justin Herbert um, as they spent money on the offensive line in the, in the free agency, um, and here we have them projecting to pick Another offensive lineman who has played interior, but also at tackle, if I'm correct. Um, and with that, that's providing them even more flexibility in securing that protection for Justin Herbert. Um, he is the future of that franchise, as we've seen from last year. Um, you need to protect him. And if you have that flexibility to do so, then chances are it'll hopefully work out for the Chargers. Um, but we want to protect Justin Herbert and a guy with who is as versatile as Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Um, I think that's a secure pick because of the versatility he provides. Definitely. And then uh, with the Vikings taking Christian Derrissaw, uh, who is the next tackle on the board, um, or he's actually graded a little bit higher, uh, but it could go either way. The Vikings would go Christian Derrissaw. They have some holes on their O-line. They, they lost one of their guys um, uh, at tackle. So they have some positions to shore up as well, especially with Kirk Cousins back there and Dalvin Cook. Um, you want to make sure you have a solid O-line for them to be able to produce. Uh, they had an underwhelming season last year. They also have to address their defense too. Uh, so that could be something. But, you know, with this being such an offensively loaded draft, um, it would be good for them to shore up that O-line with this pick. And with the 15th pick, uh, the New England Patriots, hometown. Surprise, surprise. Hometown team. Uh, we have them taking Devonta Smith, who's still on the board uh, out of Alabama. And I can tell you right now, if this happens, I'm throwing a party. COVID <laughs> vaccine party. If you've been vaccinated, come through. <laughs> come through with your COVID card. <laughs> Bring that COVID card. We gonna, we gonna, yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. But, man, I wish this would happen. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Now I think about it. Um, maybe Devonta Smith is meant to be a Patriot. Uh, the, the guy, the undersized, um, who has been doubted, I'm assuming his entire career of football, given his, his, his frame. 
My desire as a um, Patriots fan is to see the Pats trade up and get Justin Fields. That's what I want to see. If they can't make that happen in the draft, then, you know, if they stay at 15 and are able to get Devontae Smith at 15, that would be an exceptional pick because he's a top five talent or top 10 talent, I would say. But, um, you know, I really want to see the Pats trade up, grab Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, and I, I was just saying, like, it would, I think it would be a complimentary pick to who the Pats have been historically. Um, getting these hard workers, uh, it's no, can't doubt that Devon Smith is not a hard worker who has won the Heisman at the size that he is, as I've mentioned before. Um, but this would, this would be, I mean, out of all teams, I mean, the NFL, you know, all these teams would be looking at each other like, how did we let these guys get? someone like Devontae Smith. Um, obviously, we can't foresee the success of teams and individual players in this draft, but, I mean, you let someone as talented as Devontae Smith is today um, thus far, then I think that would be a steal. Um, he'd be one of those guys that have slipped down to a team who is uh, in need. For in sure. need. We definitely uh, need a slot receiver. Yeah. We definitely fill that void. So, I mean, if, if Devontae Smith goes to, to New England, I mean, it only helps Cam – the, um, the black Edelman? Duh. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be way better than Edelman. Trust. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, I, yeah. I mean, uh, seeing, seeing Devontae Smith would be, I, I believe he'll would be, be something to to see. Yeah, that would be uh, – this would be a great pick. I mean, I don't know where Devonta Smith is going to go, which is why this was such a hard person to place or hard player to place because I know that NFL GMs and front office owners, as much as we like to think they – just understand how much of a talent this guy is. Um, they look at the size and they get weary. So, um, you know, they like to go with guys that have that frame that's built for the league. And I know that turns some teams off, but not the Patriots. Uh, he's going there <laughs> in, in, in our mock draft. Uh, next up, we have the Arizona Cardinals taking Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech University. Uh, they just lost Patrick Peterson. Uh, so I couldn't see, um, you know, a better pick at this spot than taking a corner who is – you know, been touted to have the best feet in the draft. Uh, so, you know, he's been touted as one of the top three guys. Uh, definitely a good start if you're looking to, you know, build around that defense, build around Buda Baker uh, and some of those guys that they have. And, uh, you know, they got J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones. I mean, they got some studs. Um, so, you know, getting another stud and uh, shoring up the defense of the future, definitely a good move. Yeah, I, I trust his projection, um, just given the history of – the solid secondaries that Arizona has been able to put together, um, such as, you know, earlier years, Tony Jefferson, Dominique rogers Camardi, Tyron Matthew, um, Patrick Peterson, you know, those guys in a group. Uh, today you have, on the Arizona Cardinals, you have uh, Byron Murphy. Um, you have Buda Baker. Um, who are some other guys they have? They have a third guy that I am missing, but – Historically, Arizona has been has been known to put together some solid players in the secondary, and I think this makes sense uh, just given the need for this position. That and I mean, if you really think about like what they've been doing this this postseason, they've brought veterans in on the defensive side of the ball. They've brought more veterans in on the the offensive side of the ball as well. More sure-handed receivers. Um, now an additional running back in James Conner, like what they're trying to do, like they've accomplished through free agency on the offensive side, right? Now it's like, okay, can we get these ultra talented guys that are coming, going to come in and fill the gaps to mess with our veterans that are going to help them play more disciplined because that's where they were really getting killed last yeah. year is the fact that they were just giving up penalty after penalty after penalty on defense. And so having these having these JJ Watt type players come in and you know revamp this whole defense and then throwing in on top of that extremely talented defensive backs and other defensive players to come. You got a good thing going in Arizona on paper anyways. Always on paper. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it would be a good addition. Uh, at 17 at 17, we have the Las Vegas Raiders taking Trevon Morig from TCU, the safety. Uh, he's one of the best safeties in the draft class. I believe he's the first safety off the board. 
And, um, you know, they, they need somebody in the secondary who's good in pass protection. Uh, he had a good amount of pass breakups last year, played great in pass coverage, uh, had a great PFF grade, and uh, he would be a well-needed addition to a defense that's always had safeties that have been just kind of run-stopper guys. Yep. Carl Joseph, Jonathan Abram, you know, a lot of those guys have come in big, big hitters, uh, which is great, but uh, this is a different league. I mean, you're going to – you saw the Raiders trying to mimic the Chiefs on offense again. Henry Ruggs last year, what they need to do is get somebody on defense um, or get a couple guys on defense to be able to match up with those other receivers, uh, you know, throughout their division. Uh, so I think Trayvon Moore would be a good fit for them at safety as long as he's good in pass coverage. I think that's ultimately like what it comes down to, right? You you have that Jonathan Abram coming down and filling the gaps. Um, he is an impact player. You can watch the film. He's all over the place, especially when he's healthy. Um, when he's not healthy, that whole defensive secondary plays differently. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to, to have a player like Trayvon come in and sure up that, that defensive secondary is going to be huge for them. Absolutely. And, um, you know, with the next pick, we have the Dolphins coming back with their second first-round pick. And uh, we still have this player on the board, so the Dolphins, we don't think are going to pass up on them. But Micah Parsons uh, out of Penn State going to the Miami Dolphins. Now, not a huge position of need for them, but you got to go with the best player available, uh, I think, especially when you're at one of these later picks in the draft. And um, I think Brian Flores wouldn't pass up an opportunity to find a backer that is a good reminder of how Dota Hightower got started with the Patriots. Um, being, you know, a great run blitzer, great on the edge, being able to use him, scheme him up defensively in different blitz packages, and then hopefully developing him overall into a more complete linebacker. Um, but while being able to keep that same explosiveness and, um, you know, his first step, you know, finding the ball and being able to read uh, where, the, where it's headed uh, on run plays is great. If he can get that, you know, in pass coverage, uh, you know, this will be an exceptional addition to the team, especially with the 18th pick. With the loss of Kyle Van Noy, right, like I'm, I'm wondering how that team might shift with its makeup, right? Like let's say we add Micah Parsons in. Who's going to have their hand in the ground now to start pressuring on the outside? Like he's a versatile player. I don't necessarily think he's going to have his hand on the ground because that's not like the way that he was lining up back at Penn State mm-hmm. much, but he's got speed. <laughs> he came in his, his pro day. He ran, what, a 4-3? He was running a four three on his pro day. Burners. That defense. That defense. If they can shore up that front seven, because the defensive secondary is, you know, it it goes without saying. They were phenomenal last year. Xavier Howard nine picks. Um, they got guys that can really that can really make plays on the ball. They just need more pressure up front, and and they can find that in Micah Parsons. Definitely, definitely big good pick for them. And uh, next for the nineteenth pick, we have the Washington Football Team. Uh, taking a linebacker Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, so hopefully I said his name right, out of Notre Dame. Uh, how do you guys feel about this pick? Oh my god! This is the one <laughs> pick that I'm excited about. I really hope that the Washington Football Team can get their hands on this guy because I was watching the film, pass coverage. He's oh literally running with receivers, like at 220 pounds, and he's running downfield covering like <laughs> fades and and deep routes. So I, I really think this is a yeah. promising pick. You know, Chase Young was a good hit for them last year. I I truly think that this hit, this pick would be another hit for them. And then to have them both be young players on their defense and having already made the the, the playoffs like last season, nobody really expected that of them. So th- I feel like this guy right here will definitely um, contribute to them and uh, have them returning to the playoffs. Yeah, uh, you, you talk about... If you want to talk about potential steals of the draft, uh, this is one of the guys you start to look at. Um, considering he's one of the best, if not, if not, he he is the best pass coverage linebacker in the in the draft. Uh, just throw on the film um, again. If if we're able to see this guy get drafted to to the Washington Football Team, then you must keep an eye out for this guy. Um, Again, the film alone just just tells you what you need to know about this guy. Um, he's a physical specimen. He can keep up with receivers, um, and just to add to that that ascending defense in in Washington, um, it would be a huge addition for this team. 
Definitely. And uh, I think he was also touted, uh, you know, one of the best players in the country at any position to, sc- to cover the slot. And I think doing that at linebacker. So valuable. <laughs> like, you're talking about that's invaluable <laughs> at that point. So, um, absolutely great pick for them if they can get it. Uh, next up, we got the Chicago Bears. Uh, we have them solidifying some more depth at cornerback, uh, grabbing Greg Newsom the second out of Northwestern. Uh, he's <clears throat> the next cornerback on the list uh, in terms of best available. Uh, but the Bears, uh, they could go O line here as well. Uh, but we think they're they're probably going to shore up the defense a little bit more. I have to assume. Uh, they have a solid secondary, but they just lost uh, Kyle, Kyle Fuller. Fuller. Um, so, you know, they do need to, you know, get some prospects on the horizon to be able to, you know, shore up that position. As we talked about before, cornerback is continuing to become uh, one of the most important positions in the NFL. Um, you know, right behind a quarterback, O-line. I mean, it's, it's right up there with them, uh, given that all this t- all the talented receivers we deal with on every you know every single team and then uh next up indianapolis colts uh at 21 we have them taking quitty pa from michigan uh getting another edge rusher they lost justin houston this offseason so they're gonna try and find another guy uh, to get on that d line um they do have some solid studs there to be able to help him develop and uh, I think the culture there will be great for him. There's nothing to do in Indianapolis, so he'll have a blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think he'll he'll fit right in with this this defense. This defense is pretty pretty imposing uh, for offenses. Um, and then again, like Jamel said, them losing Justin Houston, bringing another guy, a younger guy too. Um, it only makes sense. Next up, the 22nd pick, we have the Tennessee Titans uh, taking Walker Little. Now, they have a few different needs. They could go cornerback here, but uh, with those top four guys gone, we don't know uh, if they want to reach uh, for one of the later-round prospects. Uh, but they can shore up a position they need on that old line. Uh, this is a team that runs through Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is the focal point. Uh, so make him happy, secure another old lineman, add some depth, uh, at the tackle position uh, with Walker Little out of Stanford and um, be able to give yourself some opportunities to uh, for him to get another 2,000-yard season. Yeah. Back-to-back, has that ever been done? Nope. <laughs> so He's in his prime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is absolutely in his prime, and they're going to feed him just as much, if not more, next year. I so. mean, you see you see the off-season workouts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see. I see nobody practice a stiff arm like Derek Henry practices a stiff Word. arm, one legged on a stability ball. Practicing the stiff, like, Bro, come on, man, looking nuts. I was like, man, I'm out here going for runs. This man is out here <laughs> doing the most. Yeah. Training, go to war, or something. <laughs> so, so if if I'm if I'm in the Tennessee boardroom, and Walker Little is still on the board from Stanford, wrap it up. Next pick, uh, the Jets. They come back. They have another second round, uh, another first round pick, um, and we have them solidifying uh, some depth on the edge uh, by grabbing Jason Oway out of Penn State. Uh, he is a pretty good prospect. Uh, he's played well at Penn State. He has the intangibles in terms of the size. Uh, he's physically a freak, and um, you know Robert Saul is not going to pass up on a good edge rusher, uh, especially when he feels you know the success he's had molding defensive players getting them to buy into the culture and, uh, you know, finding, you know, keys for them to be able to develop in his system. Yep. Jamel said it best. Um, Robert Sala is a defensive minded coach. He's going to try his best to replicate whatever he got in San Fran. So this pick is probably, if he's available there, if he's there, he's going to be the best available for them and, um, he'll be going to the jets. And next up, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers um, taking a position that hasn't been called yet. Uh, we got them going with Travis Etienne out of Clemson at running back. Uh, obviously, they lost James Conner. They haven't had an effective running back since Le'Veon Bell was in his heyday. Well, James Conner was fairly effective, I guess. Yeah, he was. Until he wasn't. Yeah, until he wasn't. Uh, not to my liking. I personally just wasn't the biggest James Conner fan. Uh, I like him as a person, though. Um, but I think uh, grabbing Travis Etienne, this guy's a home run hitter, explosive, 4-4 speed. 
Um, if they're trying to get some versatility in that backfield, like when they had Le'Veon in his uh, younger days, uh, this is a good place to start. Uh, you know, they could also go Najee Harris here, but I believe uh, from what reports have said, they do have a have a liking to Travis Etienne. Man, if I remember correctly, right before we got on, I think I read that Travis Etienne was a three-time first-team All-American. Yep. If I if I'm correct, and that's all you need to know. Uh, with them, that's taking the best available. Um, with a talent like that, it's hard to pass up on. Um, I don't know if it's in the best interest for for Pittsburgh because they have their issues with Big Ben soon to let's say retire. Um, but I mean, I guess with where they're at now, um, Etienne may be the best talent at this point in the draft. Um, Pittsburgh has their issues of their own. Um, offensively, again, starting with the quarterback position and the offensive line. Um, but here they're simply going to take the best talent overall. Um, again, Etienne being a first-team All-American three times in his college career. I think he's the ACC leading rusher. Yeah, he, he's – well. Of all time. Yeah, yeah. He's, engraved, he's engraved himself in college football history. Um, obviously, backs aren't as valued as they are um, – as they were – today but um he can be a guy to really shake up the nfl or make a a big name for himself um so potentially another steal perhaps i mean before we even landed on etn we were talking about what we were talking about other offensive linemen that they could get all those guys they just every every single guy that we were naming off was a reach at that point no yeah it was it was pretty much uh a reach to get one of those guys i mean it's like with the guys available, they they're late first rounders, early second rounders. You know, you gotta you're kind of towards the end of the first round, so you know they could very well go tackle as much as they could go running back. But you're not geared. You'd be more happy with Travis Etienne because I think that might be a little easier to project than the production you might get from yep. one of the tackles at this point. Talent alone, yeah. Um, it's just not as refined, so there's going to be more factors involved with trying to develop the tackles at this point in the draft. But uh, with that being said, we do have the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, up next taking Tevin Jenkins out of home, Oklahoma State, and he is a tackle. Uh, now, that's a position of need for them. They also signed Cam Robinson, I believe, uh, and he was one of the worst-graded pass-blocking offensive lineman last year i don't think they i think he was already on the team but yes he was um their their tackles were pretty bad um and if you bring in trevor lawrence in there um you should probably start bringing in some guys to protect him um so yeah oh yeah so they, so they franchise tagged cam robinson um such so, an interesting decision what yeah don't get me started um like why yeah, it it, it 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 doesn't make sense. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's all it comes down to. Like he he graded according to PFF, he graded as out one of the worst pass blockers of starting caliber tackles last year. So, I mean, if there's nothing else there, I guess I can see it. But I feel like they had some opportunities to get guys in free agency outside of them. They drafted them on day. They I mean, they drafted them. They uh, re-signed those guys or two guys um, like day one of free agency, which means that was a priority for you. Which means why are you prioritizing one of the worst pass blockers at the position? So that's neither here nor there. I think I it guess. makes sense. Um, <laughs> that's all I ask. But with that being said, I think with that second first round pick, you go Tevin Jenkins uh, at tackle, shore up the O line even more, give yourself some versatility, some ability to be flexible, and um, ensure that you got a good foundation to build around. Uh, up next, with the 26th pick, we have the Cleveland Browns. Uh, going for a linebacker, we got Nick Bolton out of Missouri. That would be a great addition to Cleveland. I mean, I was watching the film on Nick Bolton. He's an energetic linebacker. He flies sideline to sideline, makes tons of plays. Um, I really think he'll add to that Cleveland defense. Cleveland's already been on the uptick, and he would be a great addition. Definitely worthy of a first-round pick. You've done everything else right. <laughs> like if you're If you're Cleveland – this offseason, you've done literally everything else, right? You have your guys coming back. You have guys that are coming back in OBJ that barely played last year, and that's going to shore up your wide receiving core. You have 
arguably the best offensive line in the league. Two, oh, no, they, they had the best offensive line in the league. <laughs> the best offensive line in the league. You have two of the best backs in the league. Like, you have everything on offense that you needed to do. And you're still adding to your defense with that Jadavian Clowney signing. Like, this is what they should be doing, thinking about, all right, we're going to start locking shit up. <laughs> like, nobody's going to run on us. And they, I'm pretty sure they shirt up their passing, their passing game as well. So they're making plays. No, nah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Wait. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be in a position to make some more plays. And um, you're just trying to bolster the team at this point, bolster the defense, add more depth, get more secure. Um, because what they're building there, the nucleus of this team is, dude, there's few teams with the nucleus like the Cleveland Browns right now. Um so if they continue to build on that, they'll definitely continue to be a threat. AFC North. And speaking of AFC North, up next we have the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we have them going with Gregory Rousseau out of Miami, the six-seven freak, the monster uh, at edge. Uh, he would be a replacement for Unique and Gakwe. And uh, you lost somebody else too, Rashad, right? Uh, yeah, Matthew Judon. Matthew, Ju- oh, he's on the pass now. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, I mean, Gregory Rousseau at six, seven, I mean, he'd come in almost the same height as Clyus Campbell. Are you talking about one of the tallest D lines in the game? Uh, if you added him to that defense and, uh, he's a guy that's raw, a lot of potential. Um, and if, if you guys could get the best out of him, you know, that it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary. Yeah. Um, as everyone may very well know. Um, receiver is a is a position of need for Baltimore, but um, I think with them, they're they're gonna come out as if you know they're gonna stick to what they do. Um, essentially, offensively, yeah, they they drafted Sammy Watkins, and yeah, they need to add some other guys uh, to that receiving core. But they're you know they're not gonna you know subject themselves to what everybody else thinks they should be getting. Um, But, and I think it makes sense for them to go out and get someone that fits their, their system, their tradition. Um, And I think this guy is it. Um, You're also, again, addressing those losses you had at edge rushers, such as Judon and and Gakwe. Definitely shores up that position. And uh, with the new New Orleans Saints, uh, they have the 28th pick. We have the, them taking the other Miami edge rusher uh, in Jalen Phillips. He's a little bit of a more refined pass rusher. Uh, he played 2018-2020, showed a huge jump uh, in terms of his development as a prospect. He's a freak athlete, too. Um, and, and both of the guys are super talented. Um, Phillips has a little bit more on tape than Rousseau. Uh, but the Saints would be getting a good one uh, on that edge. Mm-mm. And uh, they want to show up their defense. Now that they don't have... Uh, you know, there's question marks on offense. Best thing you can do with a pick this late in the draft, shore up your defense, ensure you have, you know, some guys in the trenches get into it, make it easier for the other guys in the secondary and the linebacking core. And that's exactly what they need to do. <laughs> that's what they need to do because they were getting exposed um, in the playoffs. With And, I mean, even Marshawn Lattimore at times, like, he – he got his, um, and so the best way to shore up your defense, or at least your defensive secondary, without directly picking somebody there, is to shore up the the front seven. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it would be a great pick for them uh, if Phillips fell this far. He could get picked up earlier, though. Um, I think draft day is a little different. You know, teams get on edge; they get a little, you know, they want to get their guys quick and uh, get those cards in and go. Uh, but with the 29th pick in the NFL draft, we have Rashad Bateman, a wide receiver out of Minnesota. Uh, talented receiver. Uh, he played as good as anyone uh, on tape. I mean, just check his film. Um, and the Packers would be getting a guy to step in next to Devontae Adams that, you know, would be something Aaron Rodgers has never gotten in his career. You know, first-round talent receiver that, you know, he's been asking for this for years. And, uh, you know, they got these late-round guys. They got, you know, Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scaling. But uh, investing in a guy in the first round, Rashad Bateman would be a good fit for the offense. Knowing the Packers, we'll probably go with, like, Kyle Trask. 
would be so like, that'd be foul. Some QB room. Kellen Munn. Yeah, that would be. Who did they? Who did they get from Nevada last year? Jordan Love. Jordan Love. First round. Second round. Uh, second round. He was a second rounder. Yeah. So they just. I think he was a second. Yeah. He was. I'm, I'm they really. They second. really. Green Bay is out here just breeding QBs, huh? Favre, Rogers. Yeah, maybe that, uh, yeah, that's hard to live up to. <laughs> if I'm Jordan Love, hey man, <laughs> you better learn everything. <laughs> he was in the first round. Oh, he was. Jordan Love, hey man, disrespectful. That's fine. <laughs> disrespectful. I, I, I assumed he was so, in the second just because I'm like, you got Rodgers. You wouldn't take no QB in the first. What was he like? A 25th, 26th. Let's see. That's yeah. so foul, bro. Um, yeah, that's pretty foul. I mean, in any case. Someone's got to be QB eventually for that team. So they're just securing theirs as soon as they can. He was the 26th. Wow. So basically the same spot. Yeah, I was about to say. Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. <laughs> that would be unreal. Wow. That, would... <laughs> that would be crazy, man. I hope they but, don't do that. you know, draft day. Johnny Manziel. <laughs> oh, chill out. Five years later, how am I the man still? <laughs> Something like that. FCF. Oh, God. Shout out, Jamil. Uh, Buffalo Bills with the 30th pick. Uh, we have Christian Barmore, D-line, going to them. Uh, they need to shore up some interior pressure. Uh, Christian Barmore is a guy that was a little inconsistent at Alabama, but, I mean, his highs are as good as anyone's. Uh, super talented player. Uh, definitely a physical presence on the inside, and if he can develop some consistency, uh, he'll be a big threat uh, on the inside. Bills don't have too many needs to address. Uh, but their interior defense is a spot that they were somewhat lacking uh, when it comes to the run game. So getting a D lineman to shore that up uh, would be a good way to address it. If they could just, I don't know, if they could put together anything remnant of a uh, uh, rush defense, like maybe, like maybe, yeah, right. maybe they would go really far. I mean, they they made it to the championship game last year for for what it's worth, but. It's crazy because that's like their thing though. Like they they are willing to let you just run the ball, and well, part of it is the guys aren't playing the run well, but uh, <laughs> they also just would prefer you run the ball than pass the ball, um, because all those bigger plays are going to happen when you pass the ball. They're like, well, you run the ball, you know, what are the chances you're going for fifty yard, forty yard, thirty yard runs, you know, all the time. I mean. Hey, not my philosophy, but yeah. um, it works for them. I was about to say, I play, I played, a, I played too much football to get torched on the ground to think, yeah, oh, right. when am I gonna? <laughs> when is somebody gonna break a sixty yarder? Like, until it happens. I don't know if you're Buffalo, because we we mentioned it before, like, I don't know, with Najee Harris potentially a guy. Do you do you add to? Do you not address the defensive interior where it won't hurt you that much essentially? Just because we know what, even what they did without it this past season, that wasn't really the headline. The headline was that offense. And maybe if you get a Najee Harris to complement that run game, you know, and as a genetic freak he is, and how much of a, di- a different dimension he he provides for his offense, and how much the guys in the box on defense would have to account for him, um, maybe that's a guy they could take. It's definitely a possibility for sure. He's probably on their radar. He would be a better. He would be better than Devin Singletary and uh, Zach Moss Zach and Moss. Matt Breida. Like yeah. the that's the only thing with it is like they so, their yeah. moves their moves to date don't yeah. show yeah. like all right we're yeah. gonna go pick up a first round running back. Like, yeah, yeah, and I'm not saying that they will, but I mean, shoot, maybe I'm just saying they probably didn't have the, to draft. They didn't have to sign Breida because didn't they just they they'd signed Breida. And, um, like for what? <laughs> like why yeah. did they? Why did they even yeah. pick him up? Like I don't because that understand. that doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything to your. your He's offense, literally like the same, He's a similar able, mold running back as Singletary. Bro, and, they just they fill in roster spots, bro. He's just gonna be a ro- another rotational guy. So maybe. So then why bring in? And I, I'm not, but I'm just saying maybe they probably shouldn't have done that. Started to they probably shouldn't have drafted Brita or yeah. signed him. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it would be a solid pick for them. But they, you know, they have some flexibility. They could dra- address some other areas. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but with the 31st pick, we have the Kansas City Chiefs addressing the tackle position. 
Uh, that was all the talk of the offseason right after the Super Bowl is that their O-line is messed up. Yeah. What are they going to do about it? <laughs> you like it that? Was just evi- <laughs> it was evident because of the Super Bowl. They were getting pressures put on them. Patrick Mahomes is like doing the most he could, and as great as he is, he couldn't do much without the protection. So you can almost guarantee that they'll go for some first-round protection. Definitely. So we got Dylan Radins out of North Dakota State going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, would be a good addition to this O-line. Good spot to pick him with that 31st pick. He's projected a late first rounder, early second rounder. Uh, would be a nice fill at a position of need for them. And then finally, uh, the Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Bucks. they can do whatever they want. Uh, they have secured all 22 starters uh, last year, this year for the coming season. So now they're just adding for depth. Uh, but if they want somebody to add, we think Elijah Molden out of Washington, safety. Uh, would be a great fit for them. Uh, being able to learn in that secondary, they're young, but uh, getting another guy who's talented, high ceiling, uh, high ceiling guy that if you can unlock the potential of it, uh, you're talking about you know potential dynasty as long as Tom is there. So, yeah, they got a they got a lot of good things going in their secondary. Like like Murphy Bunting showed out last year. Um, Carlton Davis, another standout guy. Like they, they add another, they add another young, <laughs> another young stud yeah. D back. Sit yeah. tight, young fella. Word. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get yours. <laughs> Hang along. <laughs> so that is the end of our uh, first round 2021 NFL mock draft. Tell us what you thought on our socials: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Zone Talk Podcast. And stay tuned for more content coming soon. Seventh round coming at you next week. Zone saw, zone saw, zone saw. Nap gets drafted. I'm the type of make a move and don't nobody know. You don't gotta hide it if you wanna let it show, girl. All I need is anywhere a little bit of dope. So as I get them both, you know I'm all ready to go. Yeah, never mind them rookies, baby. Come fuck with the pro. We can do it faster, we can do it slow. Never mind them knocks, yeah. Leave them at the door. I know what your spots like. I've been there before. Yeah. I left my main hoe, now my side my main hoe. Jigger chain clothes, live exquisite, they know. Performing plain clothes, get the bag and race home. Ain't got time for lame hoes or any of you lame hoes. Riding something for him, riding in that Zane low. Rich or poor, I'm still gonna live by the same code. Off the throne, it's hard to think how I got home. I'm at the mall shopping, but I think I got those. I got drugs up in my system, I might go off. Hey, quarter on the beat, I tell him go off. I ain't never been the type to show off. And I ain't never pressed, don't make me go off. Hey. Okay, I want a deal, but they be robbed. But still, my bike crib from north up to prospect. Kill these niggas, bite me hard, I feel like ho. They feel these niggas flex too hard, they care about hoes for real. Yeah. Top speed, OD, low key on me. Top speed, OD, low key. Shorty won't get drafted, but I'm only tryna blaze her. 20 out of 10 every single time I raid her. Probably got a hundred on the dice just like a racer. I'ma go top speed. I'ma go top speed, yeah. I'm a go top speed. I'm a go top speed, yeah.